everyone. Welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, TVTPFL. It is week 17. It is time to talk some football on the podcast. And as always, I'm joined by my bearded brother, Genifro7. Grant, how are you doing, my friend? Not too bad. I'm kind of excited for football regular season to be over, but kind of bittersweet. It's a long slate. There is quite a few things to remember here, but this is definitely a slate where you want to kind of be more in tune with things as the week go on. So don't just set it and forget it at this point in the week. Make sure to keep checking up on updates, keep checking new news. And I think we still have a little bit of COVID news rolling in, but it's definitely an interesting slate. Week 17 always is. Week 17 is always fun. And I feel like this year, more than anything, there's like a lot more um, teams that are just kind of, you know, there. Um, So I do think that you nailed it on the head. You know, we're going to talk about stuff here, but at the end of the day, um, you really need to wait to make your lineups until what Sunday morning. Like, you know, I think that is the best advice I can give you Um, because there's going to be, there's going to be inactives too on top of like, all the games that matter, there's going to be some games that don't matter. There's going to be some chalk and stuff like that. So, um, man, it's crazy. A lot of teams out of it, a lot of teams in it, uh, a lot of games that matter for week 17. So we get started here with Miami at Buffalo. It's a 44 and a half total Buffalo favored by one and a half. Miami's in if they win. Miami's in if Baltimore loses, Cleveland loses, or I think there's one more team, uh, Tennessee, I think is what it was. Uh, so, yeah, Miami is in if Baltimore, Cleveland, Indy lose. Any of those teams lose and Miami wins, they're in. Buffalo gets the number two seed if they win or Pittsburgh loses. So, this game matters. Um, anything that you like here on the Miami Dolphins side of things? Not really. Um, I mean, Gaskin's fine. Like, like you said, they're playing for something here, so... Gaskin should end up getting a full workload. He obviously shows a bit of upside here. The interesting thing is Buffalo is playing for something, but how much are they actually playing for? How much can we actually trust all their starters playing? How much is their defense going to really be in the game? I'm kind of going with from a defensive standpoint that they're just going to play their starters the entire game. So we're going to get the same defense, which is right around middle of the pack. But Gaskin obviously has the most upside. He should end up with about 20 touches a in this spot here, they're probably going to use them extensively. Looks like two is starting, so I'm kind of off of the passing game. I'm not going to argue with taking a shot on any of these guys, and it's just not a 15-game slate. I don't see a ton of upside on any Dolphins pass catcher um, outside of maybe, depending on if Parker ends up sitting, which I don't think is the most likely scenario, maybe Bowden or one of the cheap guys just based on price or Gusecki, obviously, in the tight end slot. But don't see a ton of upside here with the passing game. I'm more focusing on the rushing game with Gaskin. Yeah, Gaskin and Gusecki, I think, are fine. Obviously, we'll have to wait and see if Devontae Parker is going to play. But I think Gusecki is the guy that I'm most interested in here. Came back from injury, played 75% of the snaps. I think he's going to be out there. Um, and, you know, they, they started as, like, a shared backfield last week. But by the end of the week, like it was Gaskin that played 75% of the snaps. He ran the routes. He got the carries. He got the targets. He's the guy that I want in this backfield going to the Buffalo side of things with like Pittsburgh already announcing that they're going to rest their starters. I wouldn't be shocked here if like Josh Allen digs and these guys play like the first half and you know, then they're done like that. I wouldn't be shocked if that happens. So um, what do you trust, if anything, here with Buffalo? I really don't trust anything. Um, like, it, it's just that simple. Like, uh, Buffalo, I don't know if their stars are going to get the full playing time. I don't mind a shot in tournament with Diggs and Allen just because they always have that massive upside in any given game where they're playing the full game. Uh, they have slight winning upside there. But it's 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 just not a spot where I really want to take a shot when there's so many teams playing for something on week 17 and the Bills may not 
really be like at any point they could end up sitting their players. So yeah, it, it, it's Diggs and it's Allen for he, me. I mean, there's really not much else you can do um, other than just take a shot at them on massive field GBPs. But more than likely, they're still going to draw some ownership because some people are going to see, oh, they can still get the number two seed. I'm going to play Allen. I'm going to play Diggs. So they're not going to come in at absurdly low ownership. They're more likely going to come in at mediocre ownership. I'm going to wait and see what the ownership report actually says. But, yeah, I just can't fully trust them to play the entire game. Yeah, I, I think if you if you want – to build a couple tournament teams with the Buffalo guys, do it. Like if you want to play some Allen Diggs like tournament lineups, I, I don't hate doing that. Um, like Gabriel Davis is somewhat interesting because like he could even play the whole game um, if John Brown doesn't play and with Beasley out. So like there's pieces here. Buffalo could come out and they're like, all right, well, we don't want Miami to make the playoffs. We're going to go out there and try to beat them. We're not going to leave it up to the Steelers, um, any of this stuff. So, like, you know, Buffalo could come out and be like, all right, well, we're going to take it in our own hands and we're going to play the whole game and, you know, we're just going to stay hot. They're having one of the hottest Decembers of any team. So maybe they play their guys the whole game. So um, they're one of the most interesting situations on this on the slate, I think. Uh, Minnesota at Detroit, 54 total Minnesota favored by a six and a half, a game that really doesn't matter. Um, we'll start with the Vikings here. Dalvin cook, not going to play, had to go to Miami for a family emergency and with the protocols will not be able to play. What are we doing with Minnesota, um, in this spot up against Detroit's terrible defense? Their defense is so 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 bad that like i i hate this is going to be one of the chalkiest spots on the week sm so it all depends on if madison ends up playing he's currently listed as questionable i don't think we've got news about whether he will or will not play so again this is the biggest spot where you need to watch out for what happens but 4k mike boone i just might lock in if madison doesn't end up playing it's the worst defense in the league probably in detroit so they're just going to run the ball with whoever's in the backfield in all likelihood. Not really playing for too much, but if, if they're not like playing cook, then there's no reason that why they wouldn't just run the ball over and over again. So 30 implied total with a cheap running back. I don't mind taking a shot on Jefferson or Thielen. Like realistically, they're not the worst plays in the world. They do offer some upside, even in a game that doesn't actually matter. Like it, it's still like huge fantasy upside when you consider the matchup. So Boone's the first place I'd look if Madison ends up missing. If Madison ends up playing, obviously he's very much in play. He should get the lion's share of the workload. So it's a running back game that I'm predominantly interested in, but I don't mind shots on Jefferson or Thielen. Yeah, obviously we're waiting to see um, if Madison plays. If he doesn't, man, Mike Boone – Abdullah might take a little bit, but I still think it would be Mike Boone getting um, a good amount of the work here. And then, you know, Jefferson, Thielen, Cousins, all in play. Um, this is a team that allows the most fantasy points to quarterbacks and second most to wide receivers all year. They're 32nd in DVOA against the pass. Cousins could come out here and just light it up. Um, so I, I definitely want some Cousins stacks with Jefferson and Thielen. Um and like Kyle Rudolph's out too. So like this could be an Irv Smith um, spot too. So a lot of, lot of potential places to go here on this Minnesota team with one of the highest implied, you know, team totals on the slate um, in a game that doesn't really matter. So uh, is there anything here on the Detroit side that you trust want to run it back with Chase Daniel at quarterback likely? Uh, I mean, I, I don't hate Swift. I don't love him. Um, he's just, an all right play um, grades out decently against a Minnesota weak run defense, but in the passing game, I don't trust Chase Daniel. So I don't know if Swift will be near the end zone, which he kind of needs a touchdown in order to get you in order to get you GBP winning upside. Um, I don't know how often it'll be. They still have a 24 implied team total, which is kind of surprising to me. So it, it, it's Swift predominantly. You can take a GPP shot on Marvin Jones. Even with Chase Daniel, there's a chance that he ends up getting a ton of targets. Last week was a weird matchup going up against a very good Tampa Bay defense, and they didn't really game script for Chase Daniels because Stafford obviously got injured early on. So I like 
these are all strictly GPP plays. Marvin Jones offers a bit of upside at the price tag. Swift offers a bit of upside at that price tag, but they don't stand out as great plays on the slate. Yeah, like I, I think one of the most interesting tournament plays on Detroit is like Sanu. Like he's quietly playing, you know, sixty percent of the snaps, running running routes and stuff like that. So. He's really interesting at 3K. Um, there's going to be a lot of like 3K wide receivers that we look at this week in general because of everything. So, um, so yeah, yeah, I think that you could definitely look at Amendola, Sanu, Swift if you're running uh, Minnesota stacks and just want to be different. Jets and Patriots, 40 total. New England favored by three. Um, this game obviously doesn't matter. It might matter for Cam Newton's future. Um, is there anything here on the Jets that you like? I don't hate Crowder. Obviously, he's shown some upside and different matchups. Had 30 points last week, and a lot of that was from a passing touchdown. But he will be utilized in this offense still. The Jets really aren't playing for anything other than to make, give themselves a worse draft pick, which seems to be their goal every single week now for some reason. But I I, I, I just – the only guy I really see is Crowder offering some upside. The backfield, I mean, it's going to be Ty Johnson. It's going to be Adams. Uh, I don't really want to trust a Jets backfield where they're not going to have the ball a ton during the game. I still expect the Patriots to try and win, and they're going to be running the ball a ton against this Jets defense, which they may not succeed at, but they're going to have – they have one of the biggest times of possession – and force the least time of possession against opposing teams. So I can't really trust either of these running backs, especially on a slate that has this much value on it. So really it's just Crowder for me. He's the guy that I see with the most upside. Mims you can go with if you really want, but again, we've talked about it. There are going to be a lot of three K wide receivers that you can go with. So Crowder is the only guy I really see offering a ton of upside in this spot. And he's the only one that I would really consider for GPPs. Yeah. I don't mind Crowder. I, I, I don't hate Ty Johnson here. Like, New England is 32nd in DVOA against the run. Um, I think that with Gore and Piron out, uh, I think Ty Johnson's worth a look at 4,300. But again, like you said, we're going to have so much value on this slate. This game has a 40 total, the lowest total on the slate. Um, so it's just hard to to love anything from either side of this game. Like, even if you look at like the new England side, like, yeah, we like to target the jets, but like this offense has been awful. Um, I don't know, man. Like if I'm targeting anybody from new England, it, it's probably like Myers or bird. And I don't feel great about it. Yeah. I mean, it was, jets have been terrible against the past all season long. Um, but they've been kind of better in recent weeks, and I, I, I can't trust Cam Newton. I can't trust Stidham. If he ends up getting some extra playing time or if he ends up getting a start, who knows what Belichick will end up doing. Uh, but, yeah, there, there's just no real reason to play any of these guys here. I don't see a ton of upside. Yes, they could have a fantasy outburst for no apparent reason. We've seen it once or twice this season. Myers has shown a little bit of upside even without getting a touchdown this season. But I just – I, I don't want to play anyone over on the Patriots. A 21.5 implied team total, an inept quarterback, likes to run the ball, has multiple guys in the backfield, just not worth it to me at all in any spot here. I'm just full on fading the Patriots in all likelihood. Yeah, I just like – this might be one of those things – I was pulling it up really quick. Um, you know, our sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight, that like I go look at this game and try to find some unders. Um because this just game, this game stinks. Um, so Jets, Patriots. I was just kind of looking. Do you think Cam Newton gets 170 passing yards? <laughs> like, it's just funny that that's even there. But he's gone under 170 in in four of the last five games. Um, gosh, he is so bad. I know. Like, like that's their that's their more or less play for Cam Newton this week. So like. That is kind of where, like, I I think this game is a little interesting because they have Sam Darnold at 224, and Sam Darnold has not thrown for 224 yards since week four against Denver. So, like, maybe I just take less on both of those guys, hope this game stinks, and, um, you know, win, win over there on Monkey Knife Fight. Yeah, not the worst idea in the world. 
Uh, Falcons and Bucks, 50 total. Tampa Bay favored by six and a half. Um, this game has some playoff implications for Tampa. But Atlanta, they were out a long, long time ago. Um, what do you like here for Atlanta? Not a ton. Um, Tampa Bay is a tough matchup here. Ridley, obviously, if Julio ends up not playing, which I think they already shut him down. Do they already shut him down? I highly doubt Julio plays. Yeah, I mean, it's been the same thing every single week. Highly doubt Julio plays, and then Julio doesn't end up playing. But I never – the fact that they just haven't ruled him out for the entire season – weeks ago is just silly to me but if he ends up not playing then Ridley obviously shows some upside in the last matchup they had 163 yards 10 catches a touchdown every week that Julio's been off the uh off the team or uh not playing they've had a decent outing with Ridley and a lot of times with Gage so I'm not playing Matt Ryan is still tough defense although they have been worse versus the past in recent weeks but Ridley is the only guy that's offering you any upside and gauge if you really need a guy, but he's in the 5k range that I've already said has a decent amount of value plays. So it, it, it's Ridley for me. And that's, that's pretty much it. And I'm not even that high on him. Yeah. I wouldn't like, I wouldn't go too crazy here with Atlanta, but they've shown us over the last few weeks that like, they still have some upside. So I think like, Tampa's playing for something. They're playing for the five seed. I, they could, I think they could finish in the six seed if the Rams win and they lose. Um, maybe they're locked into the five seed and I'm wrong. But overall, I think that like Atlanta is a team no, they, that they're, they're playing for the six or for the five seed. Yeah. So like they have to win to hold the five. They're seed, playing right? for the five seed. Unless the Rams yeah. lose. Yeah. But that game, the Rams game is an afternoon game. So, um, Anyway, uh, Calvin Ridley, I think he's a really strong play. Um, I don't really want to touch the rushing game. If I was going to play anybody, it would probably be like Ito Smith. He's certainly become the guy, but I I think Calvin Ridley, maybe even Russell Gage are guys that you potentially look at here for Atlanta. And then on the Bucs side of things, like, you know, I I expect Ronald Jones to play. So what's that going to mean for Fournette? Keyshawn Vaughn had a ton of rushing attempts last week. Um, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, they they become like those two guys are still the two main guys in the passing game. Yeah, I'm probably staying entirely away from the um, running game in this spot. I'm very high and have been very high on the Falcons rush defense pretty much for the last five, six weeks and kind of been avoiding running backs going up against him. So if I'm going to target anything, it's the pass game. And I just don't want to guess on this on a 15 game slate where there's a chance they could end up resting the guys at the end. I know that Brady had that massive fantasy outburst last week. Um, didn't even play the fourth quarter, but I, I 7.2 for Tom Brady and then all his pass catchers being expensive outside of Brown just isn't really worth it for me. There's too many mouths to feed big enough slate where I don't see any of them having real slate breaking upside. Again, I'm higher on the Tampa or on the Atlanta defense than most people are. I think Atlanta keeps us close. I think that they're going to try and spoil Brady's attempt to play one of the worst division winners of all time. So I'm, I'm kind of just out on, on any of this Tampa Bay offense. I hear you, buddy. Um, uh, I'm not with you on this one. I, I like Evans and I like Godwin. I, I think that I, I think they, I think Arians going to keep his foot on the gas pedal and just ride it to the sun here. Uh, Baltimore at Cincy, 44 and a half total. Baltimore favored by 12 and a half. Um, Baltimore wins and they're in. Um, it's as simple as that. We don't know what seed they would technically get if they win, but if they win, they're in. Um, if they lose, they have to you know, this has to happen and this has to happen, but they should win this game. Um, Lamar Jackson is already like setting up to be one of the most popular quarterbacks um, on this slate. We have a ton of value. It's not hard to get a top end quarterback on this slate. Uh, what are your thoughts when it comes to Lamar Jackson in Baltimore? 
I mean, if he's going to be too chalky, I'll probably end up staying away from him a bit. But he grades out as a good play. Like you said, Baltimore has to win in order to get in. They have a 28.75 implied team total. Lamar has been a lot better in recent weeks than he has been earlier on the season. Has 35, 40-point upside in any given matchup with his rushing upside. He's been rushing the ball a lot. Cincinnati's rush defense is not good. Their pass defense is not good. Pairing him with anyone, it would probably it'd either be Hollywood Brown or it would be Mark Andrews, and you can realistically just play him naked. Um, no guarantee they ends up with a whole bunch of passing yards here. So he grades out as a good play and a good matchup that actually means something on week 17. So by all means, play him. But I, if he's going to be that popular, it might be a spot to avoid him. Yeah, I think like getting a quarterback that has something to play for is super important. Um you know, I don't see them benching him at all. I think that in a must-win game, he he plays. And if they bench him, they're probably up by like three or four touchdowns. So you're probably even close to already there. So he's definitely one of my favorite quarterback plays on the slate. I like Mark Andrews pairing him with him. If you want to be different, if you want to attack Baltimore different, you roll the dice with like J.K. or Edwards. Um just as leverage, but I really think Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews are the play here on the Bengals side of things. A couple of these guys are banged up. Uh, Tyler Boyd's banged up. T Higgins was on the injury report. He's banged up. Um, this is a tough matchup against Baltimore, but Baltimore has looked a little bit worse on defense here down the stretch. Is there anything here for the Bengals that you like? I mean, yeah, it would probably end up being the passing game. Geo's priced at 5.4K in a tough matchup going up against Baltimore. has been good versus the rush all season long. I know they've made value in recent weeks, but I don't think I, I don't think that he's worth it at 5.4K on this slate. It'd be the passing game. Higgins would probably be the guy that I end up going with. He's been good in recent weeks. Even if Boyd is back and he is feeling a bit better, he'll still get a large amount of targets. I think that it's going to be – if Boyd ends up playing again, it's going to be more like, all right, a lot of A.J. Green's work is going now going to Boyd. But Higgins, I think, is secure in his workload. He's the guy that offers the most upside. I think it was a drop pass away from a massive game last week against Houston. He was one yard away from the 100-yard bonus, and he still ended up with 22 points. And he had, I think, one or two drops that were a little costly. But Higgins is the guy that I want to target on. Uh, Cincinnati, but that's really it. They only have a 15.75 implied team total. Baltimore has been in some close games against good teams, but against bad teams, they've had, I think, just massive blowouts almost every single time. So it, it's it's really a spot where they may be passing later on in the game, so Higgins is the only guy that offers you a ton of upside. It's not Geo. Yeah, like when these two teams played the first time, it was 27-3. to um Lamar didn't get there and like nobody on Cincinnati really got there so like that uh, just give you an idea uh and I think Burrow was in that game right I'm pretty sure that was it was early in the season so yeah um I don't mind T Higgins if Boyd is out if Boyd plays I probably will stay away from the passing game in general here and then I, I definitely don't want to play Geo as I played a ton of Geo last week a ton of Geo last week but I think that like it was a much different scenario and spot. Uh, Dallas Cowboys, New York Giants, 45 total here. Dallas favored by one and a half. Um, Dallas wins and they're in, right? Like, isn't that this division is just so. I can't remember bad. if it's Dallas wins and they're in or they need Philly to lose. Dallas win and Washington lose. Um, that is what needs to happen. Dallas yeah. has to win. They have to win no matter what, though to have a chance um, or tie, but yeah, Dallas has to win this game if they want a chance to make the playoffs. Um, and the Washington game is the late game, right? So um, you know, this is a spot Dallas has to win. Uh, what do you like here for the Cowboys? Uh, I mean, you can take a shot on their passing game. I'm staying away from Zeke. I'm staying away from Pollard. It would be Dalton, like, hoping that they keep continuing with this big offense. I mean, they have so many guys that are decently priced. Cooper's just in there at 5.8K, Lamb at 5.2K. Gallup is probably the guy I have the least amount of interest in. And 5K has been so cheap for a while, and he's finally gotten that price increase to where he should be. Not high on the Dallas offense. I'm not high on either side of this game here. 
But if you want to take a shot in GPPs, the Dallas passing game, we've seen huge upside from it. Last week, we've seen huge upside from it multiple times this season. So that, that that's pretty much it. Like, I, I don't have a ton of interest in this game, but I will take one or two shots on the Dallas passing game in GPPs. Yeah, like, honestly, uh, it's just – it's trying to figure out which one you want, right? Like, at this point, like – when it comes to the Dallas passing game, I don't want to. I don't want to play Zeke. Um, I don't think it's a bad spot for Zeke, but I feel like he's washed. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. I, I think Gallup, Cooper, Lamb, just pick one of these three guys um, and take some shots. But I think it's going to be a, a little bit tougher game than most people think. The Giants' defense is really not that bad. Um, and they obviously want to beat the Cowboys here. This is division rivals, man. Like they don't want them to make the playoffs. So um it'll be it'll be a really interesting game. Uh is there anything on the Giants side that you like here? No. I mean, no. Yeah, I think you could take shots on on Slayton and Shepard if Tate doesn't play. Yeah, I mean, it's not the worst idea in the world, but Dallas' defense has been a little bit improved. I Like, it's just a massive slate. I don't see huge upside. It's been a while since Slayton's actually really done too much. Like, I... I yeah, but Shepard's banged up, too, though. So, like, Shepard's dealing with a rib injury. So, like, Shepard and Tate could pull, both potentially be out in Slayton's 4,100. Yeah, in that scenario, like, he is cheap enough that... It's not the worst. Evan Ingram. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Dallas has been good versus the tight end. Like they've been. I know. Yeah. It's it's just, I don't want anything. I'm not going to argue with Ingram. I'm not going to argue with Slayton, but I, I just don't want anything. Yeah. Like if you're playing the, all right, the Giants are going to win this game type of build. Wait and see what the injury news kind of looks like here um, from you know, Tate and, Sh- and Shepard and like Evan Ingram's banged up too. I think he's dealing with like an ankle injury or something like that. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Steelers and Browns 42 total Cleveland minus nine in this one. Cleveland needs to win Steelers, um, pretty much coming out and saying, you know, these guys are not going to play a lot if they play at all. Uh, Mason Rudolph is going to start giving Bennett a week off, but, I don't expect like Deontay and Claypool and Juju to play a lot. Do you? No, no, I'm full on avoiding Pittsburgh side. Yeah, like if I take any shots here, it's gonna be like James Washington or like Ray Ray McLeod or something. Yeah, I guess they both offer some upside, but I mean, with Rudolph, like we saw this offense with Rudolph under the helm all last season long. He wasn't good. He didn't ever have a big fantasy outburst. He just was kind of middling even at 4.3 K I'm not playing him at all. He never had more than 20 points last year. So I don't expect a ton of work for the passing game. I don't expect a ton of work or upside for anyone in the passing game. But if you really want to take a shot on one of these cheap wide receivers, you're right. It's Washington and McLeod. If Juju Deontay or Claypool end up sitting and there's a chance just based on volume that they end up getting there. Plus, Washington always has that big play upside, even with an inept quarterback like Rudolph behind the helm. Man, it's so hard to, like, even think about trusting Mason Rudolph. But, like, <laughs> Mason Rudolph, it, there's some bad blood between him and Cleveland, right? Like, it, oh, yeah. like, a, like does Mason Rudolph come out and beat Cleveland and keep him out of the playoffs? Um, the Jets just beat him. So, like, who knows, right? Um, do we know, like, do we have an update on, like, any of the pass catchers for Cleveland? Do we know if they're going to be back? I know, like, I haven't really saw, like, seen any news um, when it comes to, like, protocols for Cleveland. So, it's definitely something I'm going to kind of be paying attention to. Yeah, I think it's uh, – I think they're – going to be activated off the test squad or off the COVID list. Um, main thing is, I think this is right around the incubation period where the people start testing. So Harrison Bryant is now tested positive for COVID. He was part of that close interaction, high risk interaction, whatever you want to call it. Um, so he is currently on the COVID list. So I don't know. Carl, Carl Joseph too. 
Yeah, yeah, there was two of them. So I don't know exactly who's going to end up playing, who's going to end up being activated, but I'm guessing we'll know more tomorrow uh, is when we'll know. But I'm kind of under the assumption that no one else has tested positive so far, so they'll be activated. Um, Higgins, Landry, and Peoples-Jones are going to be activated, but I'm not entirely certain. Again, this is something you have to check on tomorrow, Saturday, Sunday morning, just to make sure. Yeah, there's a report here that says that they could all get activated on Thursday if they all test positive one more time. So there you go. Um, so today. Um, man, what are we doing with Cleveland here? They have to win this game. Is this like a Baker Mayfield, Jarvis Landry type of game and hope that Pittsburgh's not playing any other defensive stars? Yeah, I'd say this is definitely a Jarvis Landry, Nick Chubb, Baker game. Like, they're going to put their foot on the throttle. I can't imagine the Steelers putting in their A offense here. So I think that they're going to just trying to run up the score this entire game. They're probably facing a mediocre defense. So Cleveland is all systems go. Landry was on an absolute tear prior to the COVID close interaction. He was getting a decent amount of volume, averaging close to 10 targets a week for the last four weeks as touchdown equity. He's the main guy in this passing game here. And I mean, you can look at his full season stats, but remember a lot of those were with OBJ still playing and a lot of those were in win games. So this one going up against Pittsburgh, check on the weather, but Landry offers you a ton of upside on the slate. I don't expect him to have a huge amount of ownership. I'm guessing more of it's going to go towards Nick Chubb, which I'm also fine with been crushing, had a rough week last week, but when you're stacking up the box because the other team has no wide receivers and the jets have a decent run defense, like Chubb still has a touchdown in five weeks straight has multiple touchdown upside, has 100-yard rushing upside. I don't mind either Chubb, Kareem Hunt. I just don't generally play too much anymore, but he's fine. Landry, Peoples-Jones is cheap and has some upside, but I think this is going to be more of a passing game than it's going to be a rushing game, and I think that the Browns really try and run up the score just to make sure they get into the playoffs. Yeah, they have to win this game. This is a must win for the Cleveland Browns after losing to the Jets last week. Like, it's crazy. But Cleveland wins and they're in. Um, If Indy loses, Cleveland's still in. But Cleveland wins and they're in. Seattle at San Francisco, 46 total. Seattle favored by six in this game. Um you know, Seattle is they're they're the NFC West. They they've clinched. Um I don't know. I don't think they're they still playing have... for the uh they need the Two Packers. Seed, right? Yeah. Right? They're still playing for the one seed, I think. Um if the Packers lose and the New Orleans Saints lose, I think they can still get the one seed, but they could still get the two seed too if the Saints lose and the Packers win. So Seattle has something to play for. Um they're they're really locked into the three seed if they wanted to rest guys, but it you know, that's something that really hasn't been said yet. So I, I'd kind of expect them to play. Um, what do you like here for Seattle? Yeah, nothing. Um, so the main thing is like, first of all, Seattle hasn't really paid off their values in a while. Like Hyde is now in the mix and Carson's in the mix in terms of rushing. Russell Wilson hasn't thrown the ball more than 32 times, more than once in the last seven weeks. Pete Carroll's back to his old ways, just running the ball all these games are being played at the same time. So if it looks like new Orleans is crushing Carolina and the Packers are crushing Chicago, they're just going to sit their starters like in the second half, there's no point in them playing. If it looks like one or both of those teams are going to end up winning. So absolutely no reason for them to play their stars in the second half. So I'm just full on fading Seattle. I know that they've offered some upside at certain times, but realistically, this is not a spot where I want to play them. San Francisco's defense has been decent. The volume's not going to be there. They're not going to let Russ cook randomly at week 17 when it's most likely a game that doesn't matter. Saints are a six and a half point favorite. The Packers are a five point favorite. Everything has to go perfectly in order for Seattle to actually hit GBP winning upside. So full on fade of Seattle. Yeah, I think I'm going to fade them too. Like Tyler Lockett's price is super interesting but probably going to pass. Like if I was going to take shots on anybody, it'd be like David Moore or something like that. But overall, this is going to be a pass for me. Uh, Cause like Richard Penny could get rushing like, you know, yards here as well. So 
I'm going to pass on the Seahawks on the 49ers. Um, you know, it was, it was kind of shocking to see Kittle come back last week. Um, like, I don't know. They don't really have anything. They didn't really have anything to play for. Right. Like I'm not crazy. Like they're, they're out of it. They've been out of it. Um, Kittle came back and, you know, he played 56% of the snaps. I, I just, Jeff Wilson's banged up. Like, I don't know. I, I just don't see myself using any of these guys. Like, you know, Beathard threw the ball 22 times last week. Yeah. They're going to run the ball in all likelihood. Don't see nearly enough upside in this spot here. Seattle's had one of the best pass defenses in the league uh, since Adams came back, since they added Dunbar. Like, this is not the same. We've said it for weeks. This is not the same offense it was at the beginning of the season. Still number one in the league, giving up points to opposing wide receivers. But in the last four weeks, they're number 31. They were just that bad at the beginning of the season. So full season numbers are entirely irrelevant. They're probably in the top 30% uh, pass defense. I don't want to target the pass game. I don't want to deal with the carousel at running back. I don't want to deal with a backup quarterback. I don't think this game is offering anything at all. Like probably a game I'm just full on Xing out of all my lineups. Yeah, like I, I think this is one of those games I'm going to pass on. Um, straight up, just pass full pot, full pass. Could burn me. Ayuk could burn me, or like Ayuk's out, right? Like he he yeah. can't burn me. Um, Born could potentially burn me, but yeah, this game for me is a pass. Uh, Chargers and Chiefs, forty-four total. Chargers favored by three and a half. Um, I don't expect Keenan Allen to play. Uh, I would highly be, I'd be shocked if he plays. Herbert still technically trying to play for rookie of the year, right? Like, so there's a good chance he plays this whole game against um, Kansas city chiefs backups. Is like Justin Herbert, a sneaky tournament play here. Yeah. I don't mind that at all. He's especially easy to pair with people. Herbert obviously has had a ton of upside this entire season long. The chiefs are sitting everyone. It's a chance for Anthony Lynn to end on a high note, still probably get fired because well, he should be. Um, but yeah, Herbert offers a little bit of upside here, and I don't mind pairing him with if Keenan Allen doesn't end up playing, then Mike Williams becomes a fantastic play. It's going to be against a mediocre secondary because Chiefs are resting everyone, I would assume. So it's going to be mediocre sec- secondary. Mike Williams had 10 targets last week, didn't make a ton of them, but he dropped a pass in the end zone, I think twice. Uh, where he could have ended up having a touchdown. That would have drastically changed his overall fantasy outcome. The guy has massive upside in any given matchup. We've already seen a 27-point outing from him against the Saints. We've seen massive outings from him in the past. He played, I think, 85% of the snaps last week. If Keenan Allen doesn't end up playing, he's going to get huge volume against a mediocre secondary. He's my favorite play. Outside of that, uh, Tyron Johnson, going to get volume. Guyton gonna get volume, but Mike Williams is by far my favorite. And I really, really like him in tournaments. Yeah, you know, obviously we'll have to see if Hunter Henry comes back from the COVID list. Um, if they do even end up playing him. Like Steven Anderson had six targets last week on 15 routes. I don't want to like overreact to that. Um Parham played 85% of the snaps, only had you know three targets, but I think Mike Williams is the guy that you pair Herbert with here. I think they're going to be really careful careful with like Austin Eckler too. So Herbert Williams or Herbert Guyton um, would be how I would kind of approach the Chargers. And then as far as the Chiefs go, I don't see them – like they've already come out and said they're not going to play Mahomes. Like there's no reason for them to play Kelsey or, or Hill or Sammy Watkins or Le'Veon Bell here. Like this could be like Darwin Thompson, McCole Hardman, Pringle type of – offense with Chad Henning at quarterback yeah which honestly isn't the worst thing in the world um for fantasy we look at the price tags of everyone like the the Chargers don't have a great defense like Chad Henning is sitting there at 5.1k um Williams is sitting there at 4.8k Hardman if he ends up starting 4.2K if he plays most of the game, like Robinson's 4.8, Pringles 3.9. These are talented wide receivers, not as much of a talented quarterback, but still I think this is a spot where he could take some shots and take some value plays here. It's a decent bring back to get Hardman or one of the other guys in the game. If you're stacking up the chargers on the other side with Herbert, you can get some value, play some high press running backs that we'll get to soon. 
this is not the worst idea in the world to play this Kansas City offense because Andy Reid is still a fantastic play caller. This offense will still be fine, even with backups going up against this not good Chargers defense. Like, I don't mind taking shots on these cheap guys because we know Arden and Robinson have huge upside. It's a little bit worrisome about how much they'll end up playing, but at their price tags, if they're the number one and two wide receivers for the majority of the start of the game, which I can't imagine Tyreek Hill, Kelsey, or Watkins really play at all outside of uh, Kelsey will be interesting because he did set the record. Like I wouldn't be surprised if they played him a little bit. We'll have to wait and hear what news like and inactives we get. So I think that you can take shots on these cheap wide receivers and Hardman and Robinson based on what news we end up getting in the next few days. I would be shocked if Kelsey is not inactive. I will be shocked if Tyreek Hill is not inactive. This is this is Andy Reid. Like, you know, he Patrick Mahomes resting, like there he's not gonna play these guys. Like, he ain't stupid. Like he knows that he's the Super Bowl favorite. Why go get these guys hurt in a week seventeen game that means nothing? So um I think we can look at guys like Darwin Thompson and you know, Pringle and Hardman. Hardman is probably my favorite of the group. Um but it, we got to remember, it's Chad Henney at quarterback. It's, you know, still Chad Henney. Um, <laughs> Las Vegas Raiders, Denver Broncos, uh, 51 total in this one. Um, both of these teams are out of it. They have nothing to play for. Vegas is 7-8, and eight, um, and Denver's 5-10. and 10. So I, I don't know what to do with this game, Grant. It has a 51 total. Vegas likes this game. Um Maybe I should like him more. Like, what are you? What are your thoughts when it comes to this game? Yeah, I mean, it's got a massive total. Um, like, both teams have over a twenty-four implied team total. Tim Patrick is sitting there at four K. Judy is sitting at four point two K. Hamilton is three K. Fant is always a part of this offense and sitting there at four point four K. Are we starting with the Raiders or Denver? <laughs> I'm just gonna go Denver. Um, yeah, like all these guys are super cheap in a fairly high total game that's projected to be close. Yes, they're not playing for anything, but really doesn't matter. Drew Locke may not be a great quarterback, but there's going to be volume in this spot. I think that Tim Patrick is one of the better plays on the slate. He has huge touchdown upside. He seems to get targeted a decent amount in the red zone. He can get two touchdowns in a game going up against a horrible Raiders defense. I like targeting some of the spot. Again, it's cheap. I want to pay up at running back, especially if Boone ends up being the chalk. It gives me a chance to differentiate in a different way with paying up at two running backs. So, yeah, Tim Patrick, Jerry Judy, and Fan are probably my three go-to guys. I think you can stack a block with them. I think this is going to be high scoring. So, on the Denver side, I actually like a few guys. Low-key, low high-scoring game to finish out the season here. Um don't mind Patrick. Don't mind Hamler. Don't mind Noah Fant. And then on the Vegas side of things, like Darren Waller is two catches away from a hundred um, catches on the season. This is a guy that has just been an absolute beast. I think he could have a monster game here. Nelson Aguilar has had a great year. He could have a big game. I don't hate maybe Josh Jacobs or even Derek Carr, but I definitely want to target some of this, uh, you know, Vegas passing game. Yeah, yeah, no, I think Waller is the main guy here. Again, tight end's not the greatest on the slate without Kelsey being in there. Waller has been an absolute beast in recent weeks. He has to not playing for anything, but don't really care. Like, Waller has been so good. And then Aguilar, don't know why this entire season, but he keeps doing it and doing it and doing it over and over again. I don't know if I'm going to trust Carr. I don't think Carr's the right guy to go with on this slate. But Aguilar and Waller are two fantastic plays that I don't think are going to draw a ton of ownership in a high-scoring game. Yeah, like this is this is a game that could shoot out. Like, you know, shooting shooting out never to finish out the season. Um, crazier things we've said. Arizona at LA taking on the Rams, 40 and a half total in this game. This game matters so much, uh, but there's so many question marks around this game. Um, when it comes to like if Arizona wins this game, they're in. Um, so like this is a must win game for them. The Rams are in if they win or um Chicago loses, right? Like Chicago loses to Green Bay, they're in, uh, or, or so 
both technically both of these teams could get in if Arizona wins and Green Bay beats Chicago, but this, this game matters. Uh, let's start with Arizona. Kyler Murray is banged up, but this is a must-win game. I expect him to be out there, um, even if he's like eighty percent. What are you doing here with Arizona? I don't. I don't really want anything. Like we've dealt with Kyler Murray being injured and playing recently. I know this is a must-win, but the Rams are a good defensive team. They may have a whole bunch of guys hurt on offense, but on defense, they're a fantastic pass defense, a fantastic rush defense. This game has a super low total. I think it might be it's the second lowest on the board, I believe. So I'm not playing Murray. I don't want to touch his passing game. I don't want to touch this rushing game for Arizona. I don't trust anything. It's one of the few games with stuff to play for that matters for both teams that I have no interest in at all, like on the Arizona side. I don't want to use a single guy here. I think that the Rams are going to rush the ball a whole lot in this game, and I don't expect a whole lot of time of possession for Arizona. This is going to be ugly. I, I don't want Murray. I don't want Hopkins. I don't want Drake. I don't want Edmonds. I don't want anyone. Yeah, you know, Christian Kirk, let's do it. Um, Jalen Ramsey's likely going to shadow DeAndre Hopkins, which is going to give Hopkins a lot of one-on-one coverage. Um could potentially beat him in one-to-one coverage if he's struggling. Maybe Christian Kirk or Larry Fitzgerald, you know, sees an uptick. But this game stinks. Uh, for a game that matters so much, this game stinks. Um, and on the Rams side of things, we know Jared Goff is out. Um, we know all the running backs are out for the Rams outside of, like, Malcolm Brown. Um, Cooper Cup on the COVID list, like – First of all, do we even do we trust John Wolford at all to do anything in this game? Um, anything in this game? Like this is a dude that was drafted. Like I don't know, man. I, I know like there's been a lot of reports about like oh this guy is super confident and blah 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 blah. But I don't know, man. I mean, the main thing is how good is Jared Goff? Not very. Like, I, I, I'm not playing Wolford. I'm strictly targeting uh, Robert Woods if I do anyone in the passing game just because I think the volume is going to be there. I think there's going to be a lot of short to intermediate passes for Robert Woods throughout the course of the entire game. Josh Reynolds is staying at 3.2K. Without Cup in there, he is the wide receiver too. And McVay is a smart – I'm betting more on McVay than I am on Wolford. Like, I don't care who the quarterback is under center. I think that just based on doing short to intermediate passes all game long, the volume for Reynolds, for the tight ends, for Woods could be big in any of these spots. I'm taking most of these guys as one-offs, just banking on catches. This is strictly DraftKings on FanDuel. I'm probably not touching any of the wide receivers. But on DraftKings, the full point PPR, some of these guys do offer upside. And then Malcolm Brown's in there at 4.3K. They're, they're going to use him almost entirely. Like, I know McVay likes to just absolutely troll everyone all the time when it comes to running backs this entire season. But Malcolm Brown is going to get the lion's share of the workload. They're going to rush the ball a decent amount. They want to keep the ball on the ground and take things away from everything, and they're just a rushing team. So Malcolm Brown and then – or if I don't use him, because I'm guessing he's going to be fairly chalky, in lines where I don't use him, either Robert Woods or Josh Reynolds, just based on PPR upside, if they do decide to pass the ball a lot and do short to intermediate passes. Yeah, Reynolds is so cheap. Um, Woods is going to see so much volume, too. Uh, Malcolm Brown is dealing with a little bit of a shoulder injury, too. So, I don't know. The Rams Rams are definitely not at full strength in the game. They really need to win. So, yeah. yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see. They're really like, <clears throat> let's be honest, the Rams are really just hoping Green Bay goes out and locks in the number one seed and beats Chicago. Um, let's be, that, that's exactly what the Rams are hoping for because the Rams get in here with a Chicago loss. So, um, yeah, let's move on this game. Uh, Jacksonville at the Colts, 49.5 total here. Colts favored by 14 in this game. Um Indy, if they win, they still need stuff to happen, right? Um, yeah. You know, so they, they have to win this game, and they, they have to have something. Like, Baltimore, Cleveland, or Miami have to lose for Indy to get in, even if they win. But 
listen, I, I think, I think the Dolphins, uh, you know, as a Dolphins fan, I think they're in like the worst scenario here facing a team that has something to play for. And like the Colts get the Colts get the Jags. Like, yeah, it's just, it's crazy. Um, anything here for Jacksonville? Nothing. <laughs> no. no, no. I mean, you can take a shot on any number of the wide receivers hoping for it, but Indy's not really the best matchup for opposing wide receivers. They spread the ball around way too much, regardless of who's starting at quarterback. All of them are fine in a nutshell, but on this slate overall, don't really make the cut considering the price tags and the cheap price tags of every other wide receiver on this slate. I don't trust the running game. Yes, they are cheap, but we have multiple other cheap running backs. This slate as a whole, this is a terrible spot for value with all these guys. I don't expect uh, the Colts to really give up an inch to the Jags. They have no reason to win. Like it, it's just worthless over on the Jacksonville side. I don't have a single, I probably won't have a single share of anyone on pretty much any site over with Jacksonville. Yeah. Um, man, it's, Adar Agnagwal or whatever his name is, like he should play like 70% of the snaps. And he's a guy that like is going to get some targets as well. I think he's worth a look in tournaments. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't really trust anything here. Mike Lennon's going to chuck it. Um, we know that like, so maybe roll the dice on like Keelan Cole or DJ Chark, but I'm probably not going to do that. And then on the Colts side of things, like this is a, a great spot for Jonathan Taylor. We've talked about a, a ton of like cheap guys, but Jonathan Taylor is a guy that has just been very good down the stretch. Um, you know, finally getting the workload and everything that we've kind of hoped for all season. Um, you know, but he's gone over 19 fantasy points in four straight. He's 7,400. He's one of the safest running backs, in my opinion, on the slate. Yeah. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I mean, Jacksonville's run defense is, is not good. Um, Taylor's getting a ton of work. They've clearly made him the number one back. Over 20 touches almost every single week. Like, yeah. It's a great matchup. He's a great running back. It's a lot of cheap running backs on the slate. I love playing Taylor. Like, But that's, that's really the end of my interest on any of these indie guys. Indy will likely be playing it out till the end because they have no reason not to. And so I'm guessing they're just going to run the ball with Taylor a significant amount, multiple touchdown upside, hundred yard rushing upside. I really like him here. Yeah. Um, I don't mind like T.Y. Hilton if you want to go that route. Um, they should crush this game. This game's in Indy. It's at home, like in the dome. Um, don't mind T.Y. Hilton, but this should be a game the Colts crush. Um, we got the Tennessee Titans and the Houston Texans 56 total here. Tennessee favored by seven and a half. Uh, Tennessee has to win this game. Um, they win and they're in, or if Indy loses, they're in as well. But listen, this is a spot that I think Derrick Henry is going to be really, really popular. Um, he probably should be right. Yeah. I don't care how popular he is. Like it's against Houston. Horrible rush defense. Titans want to win. Need to win. Might need to win. I can't remember the exact scenario, but they're playing they, for something. They they're have going... to win this game. Yeah. All right. Win and they're yeah. in. Win and they're in, but I was wondering, is if they lose at all, is there a shot? Yes, if the Colts lose. Yeah, so it's not quite win and they're in, but they're going to do everything to win. They're going to run Henry 30 times against a horrible run defense, a defense that gave up 40 points to him what, five weeks ago? Henry destroys the Texans. Henry destroys everyone this time of year. Henry is going to run a ton. I want Derrick Henry. If you want a leverage spot, you can go with A.J. Brown um, or you can go with Corey Davis. But I'm just hammering Henry in this spot. It's a 31. The highest total team total on the slate is Tennessee. Play Derrick Henry. Yeah, um, uh, I'm right there with you. I love Derrick Henry here. Like he's a guy that could go for 30 plus. He could be the highest scoring player on the entire slate. Um, not just running back. So if you want to be different, 
I love the Tannehill Brown Davis type of stack. Um, if you don't think Henry is going to score touchdowns, I think, listen, the Houston defense is just bad in general. Um, so it doesn't matter who it is. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, you have to, you have to like this spot in general for the Tennessee Titans. Um, anything on the Houston side that you like here? Watson, maybe DJ, but realistically, no. I mean, they do have a 24 implied team total. They're not really playing for anything. But, David but they Johnson, haven't. They haven't really been playing for anything, and they've been crushing. So who knows? Yeah. Well, they have. I mean, who knows? Maybe Dave Johnson has a big game as they're trying to justify that contract. But like, he's gotten it done two weeks in a row. But one of those, he broke off a massive run. Like he's not going to average ten yards a carry again. There's only been one game where he's averaged more than five. So, like, I, I just don't see. I don't really see any great spots here. I'm not going to argue with it. I'm not going to argue with stacking up the game, them trying to keep it close. Being the, like, if I'm going to do anything, it'd be playing Derrick Henry, bringing it back with Watson, and then either Cooks or Coutier or even David Johnson, considering they've shown propensity if they're down big, that they're just going to dump the ball off to him. Um, so, like, it, it's mostly just a bring back spot. Yeah. Like, David Johnson cooks probably my two favorite um, Houston pieces. I don't mind Cote. Uh, Green Bay Packers, Chicago Bears, 51 and a half total here. Green Bay favored by five and a half. Um, Aaron Rodgers, um, Devontae Adams, like, okay, sign me up. Um, I'm a little concerned about like Aaron Jones. You know, they were very careful with him last week when he got banged up and like AJ Dillon had 21 carries. Um, so we'll have to we'll have to kind of wait and see what we're looking at there. Jamal Williams is banged up too. So like maybe this is where the Packers are like, all right, well, AJ Dillon's gonna be like our lead back and we're gonna win without, you know, our two guys. Yeah, I could see that happening. Obviously, they are playing for the number one overall seed, so they do have something to play for. Chicago's going to be playing for the playoffs, um, which they don't necessarily have to win, but more than likely they have to win. Uh so yeah, like Adams and Rodgers. It's, it's a tough matchup going up against the Bears, but it really doesn't matter. They're just absolutely going scorched earth between these two. They're having two of the best seasons of all time. It's just a, I know where the offense is going to go. I'm going to avoid the rushing game unless we get news that Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams are out, and then Deji Dillon provides a decent amount of value at 4.9K. But predominantly I'm going with the – Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams, and that's all I really want for the Packers. Running back with Allen Robinson, call it a day. Um, Pretty much. You know, I think David Montgomery is worth a look, too. Maybe Mooney's worth a look in this game. This game matters a lot for Chicago as well. So Mitchell Trubisky at 5.6K. If you want to, like, get some leverage on the field here and go, like, Trubisky, Robinson, Adams, I, I think that is something you could potentially do, but – Rodgers is is pretty much locked into the MVP now with Mahomes not playing this week. Um, so I, this this game should be really really strong. This should be a really good football game. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to watching it. Um, and over on the Chicago side, it's it's Robinson, it's Montgomery, it's Trubitsky, Trubitsky. Ah, gosh, uh, it's those three guys. Like the Green Bay defense has been good in recent weeks, has been decent against the pass for pretty much the entire season, but this Chicago team seems to be putting up a lot of points like, and we know exactly where the offense is going. So it's those three guys. I don't expect a ton of ownership on them after Montgomery's pretty much been chalked for a while. It's a decent way to kind of pivot off of things. Like there's a lot of ways this game can go. It's a divisional matchup. It has a lot of meaning any given time. They could end up with a game where Chicago's actually leading. So Montgomery Robinson and Trubisky, and that's, that's pretty much it for me. Um, yeah, that, that's kind of it for me on the Bears too. I don't want to go like, if you want to take shots on Cole Komet, I'm not, I'm not going to talk you off of it. He's still playing a ton of snaps. Uh, we finished with the last game on the slate. It feels like it has taken forever because it has There's 15 games. It's week 17. A lot to talk about saints and Panthers 
47 and a half total here. Um, Saints favored by six and a half. This game matters for the Saints. They technically have a shot at the one seed, but they definitely want to hold the two seed. Um, what do you like here for the Saints? Kamara. Yep. I mean, Carolina defense is not good. Kamara has been just, well, at least last week, he was in full on beast mode, but involved in the passing game. Involved in the rushing game, they're probably going to be ahead. They're probably going to be running ball with Kamara. It's Kamara, if you want to take a shot on any of the pass catchers, Manny Sanders, whoever else is going to end up playing, that's fine. But I'm probably just going Kamara. Yeah, like I don't love the passing game at all, and it's weird. Um, if Traquan – and, and Thomas are both still out. I think you could take shots on like Emmanuel Sanders. I think you could take shots on Callaway. Take shots on like Jared Cook. Um, that's fine. Like I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and talk you out of it. On the Carolina Panthers side of things, um, Rodney Smith is setting up to be pretty chalky here. And honestly, I don't I don't hate it, but I don't love it. Like this, the Saints defense is second in DVOA against the run. They're allowing the least um, fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. Like I'm more apt to play like DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson um, than I am like Rodney Smith. The only running back from Carolina I have interested in is Curtis Samuel. <laughs> yeah. Or him. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's the, he's the guy that like, honestly, I think people are going to go with Robbie Anderson. People are going to go with DJ Moore, but Curtis Samuel is going to get work both out of the backfield and um, out of the passing game. Like he's the, he's the guy, like he's put up over 16 points in three out of the last four weeks. He has five 20 point games in the last seven. He's priced at 5.3 K. I don't expect a ton of ownership in him. Yes. Robbie Anderson and yes, DJ Moore offer some upside, but with all the injuries at running back, I expect them to pass the ball more and split uh, Samuel into the backfield because they're not really high on anyone else in their passing game. So having a run, wide receiver as a running back, like he's the guy. Like it's absolutely Curtis Samuel, I think. Rodney Smith will get some workload, but they're going to do a whole bunch of different things. Chance to beat the Saints in the last game of the season. I don't think Carolina is going to have any problem going for that. So it it it's Curtis Samuel. And then secondarily, it's Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore, but Curtis Samuel is the best play from the Carolina Panthers. And it's not really close. I'm full on avoiding every other running back. Yeah. Uh, I'm man, more and Anderson with Samuel. Like that's kind of like, there's reports that came out this week that like Carolina might be interested in like Haskins. So like Bridgewater, you know, finish the season on a strong note here, finish it on a strong note. I'm guessing Haskins is more as a backup. Bridgewater's played well. Yep. Uh, let's, uh, let's play the morning grind game one more time for 2020. Um, Grant, give me a quarterback. That's going to throw for 300 plus yards. I'm trying to figure out, sorry, I'm loading everything back up. Um, I'm going to go with, you know, I'm going to go off the board. I'm going to go with lock. I'm going to go with leverage and say Tannehill. I like that call. Um, low owned running back for a touchdown. All right, low owned, super tough on the slate. Can I use Curtis Samuel? No. <laughs> um, low owned running back for a touchdown. Gaskin. All right, I like it. A long time ago, we talked about him, but Miami definitely has something to play for this week. Yeah, to win this game. Um, I'm gonna go David Johnson. Quarterback, wide receiver, stack for a touchdown. Who do you got? Herbert to Mike Williams. All right. I like that one. I like it. Um, I'm going to go. Can I go Rogers Adams? No. <laughs> um, I'm joking. Uh, give me Brady and um, Evans. Wide receiver for eight-plus targets. Who do you have? Jarvis Landry. All right. I'm going to go Woods. And then tight end for a touchdown. I'm going to go Noah Fan. All right. 
listen, this guy has burned me so much in the past few weeks. He's going to score a touchdown this week, though. Give me Cole Komet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, defense for 10-plus points. Who do you got? I, um, I'm going to go with Cleveland. I like it. Um, I like it. Yeah, there's a lot of cheap defenses this week. The Titans defense is going to be massive chalk, I think. Um, I'm going to go with the New York Jets against the Patriots. Um, I like the Jets defense this week. Grant, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Yeah, say, stay safe this new year. Don't do anything I wouldn't do twice. That's it. Good football know, we're season. Gonna- on that note, we're going to get out of here. hope everyone has an awesome, awesome week 17. Good luck in your contest, and we'll see you guys again tomorrow. See you, kids.